1: This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. To X Texan Channel, aiding all of smart speaker, to play ESPN Radio. By the way, the truck driver, you're listening. That was Devin Kane and Samuel Pierce who put that together. Freddie and Harry would never, ever do that to a loyal listener like you. Their names are Devin Kane and Samuel Pierce, this PSA brought to you by Freddie and Harry making sure that we do not get in any trouble. By the That's way, right. don't forget go ahead, exactly. Well we, we always get in trouble anyway. We don't need to have people bringing trouble to us when we have nothing right. to do with it.
3: We're angels too.
2: Oh, hey, now see We're, you had everybody until you said that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> everybody was in our corner on our side until you said that. By the way, stay by our side until seven thirty Eastern time. We give you an extra half an hour tonight because we got game seven of the NLCS. So that'll be a happening in Philadelphia. As the Phillies host the Arizona Diamondbacks, we take you up until that coverage that begins at seven thirty Eastern time. Meanwhile, last night What happened to the San Francisco 49ers and that defense? Many people thought the Minnesota Vikings didn't have a chance to win that game. Kirk Cousins had other ideals: 370 yards passing, two touchdowns, was not sacked one time, Harry, and only pressured on 25% of his 45 dropbacks. I'm watching the game, and I'm still trying to figure out how the Minnesota Vikings without Justin Jefferson was that effective. From start to finish against a terrific San Francisco 49ers defense, Harry, who had an awful, awful night thanks to Captain Kirk and the Minnesota Fighting Cousins.
3: Well, I want to give a lot of credit to Kevin O'Connell, their head coach, who's also their offensive play call guy, and also Brian Flores, their defensive play caller who had a phenomenal plan. And I'll start with the offense. Kevin O'Connell did a great job of utilizing tempo right. when he had to, right? So when you utilize tempo, you doesn't you don't give that defense in that front of the San Francisco 49ers an opportunity to just tee off on you and go hit your quarterback and sack your quarterback. They also did a great job when it came to Nick Bosa of chipping, banging. What do I mean by that? You have the tight end. You've seen TJ Hawkinson on numerous of occasions he would hit the defensive end before he rushed against the t- offensive tackle and then go out on his route. Or whether it was a receiver or a running back. You had to make sure you protected your quarterback, Kevin O'Connell, and the offensive system allowed that. And then you've seen a couple mismatches where you had linebackers guarding mm-hmm. wide receivers. That, that's never going to fly in the National Football League. And I will say this, when it came to the players now executing the game plan, the guys made plays. Kirk Cousins made plays. 22 yards shot, 400 yards, balled out last night. Jordan Addison, there's a reason why he was their first-round draft pick right. this past draft. The young man won the Belitnikoff Award while he was at Pitt, while he was in college. That's why you take a guy in that spot. Also, T.J. Hawkinson, a guy that they gave a lot of money to recently, the second highest paid tight end in the National Football League, he balled out and did his thing. But now let me move to the defensive side. You talk about a guy in Daniil Hunter who has 10 sacks right Mm. now on the year. And nobody knows it. (laughs) I I don't know if T.J. Watt got one this past weekend But if he did, they might still be tied. But he was tied with T.J. Watt coming into this weekend for the most sacks in the National Football League. And then Brian Flores did a great job of sending the blitz, right? You don't have a Debo Samuel in there. You know that's a guy that Cal Shanahan wants to get the football to in those type of situations because he's so great running with the football after the catch, you took advantage of it, right? So you Mm -hmm. blitz, 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 blitz at a very, very high level. So much to the point now when I'm looking at the Minnesota Vikings, this this is a team that's not out of playoff contention
4: right. this is not a team okay. that's
3: out of having an opportunity to win this division because they still play the Detroit Lions twice mm-hmm. they have one division win on their record already because they beat the Chicago Bears and at some point you are going to get Justin Jefferson back but you look at their schedule Freddie
2: yeah four out of and- the nine guys they have left only have 500 records or better
3: yeah, but you look at the games that they've already played and they lost, they could have easily beat the Los Angeles Chargers. They mm. could have easily beat the Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. if they would have taken care of the football. Right. So that's why I'm not going to you know, cancel this team out right now. And all that trade, talk about Kirk Cousins going here, Kirk Cousins I, going yeah, there.
2: Yeah, totally. That wasn't happening.
3: You know what Kirk Cousins said, and he, you know he don't talk like this, but I'm going I'm to I'm say it my way. Okay. Kirk Cousins told everybody last night, y'all kiss my ass. That's what he told everybody. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be right here in Minnesota, uh-huh. and the way he's playing right now, yeah. now if you're the front office, you've got to say to yourself, you know what? Kirk Cousins might have to be our quarterback moving forward right. as well.
2: Well, I don't think that's a mite. That's a complete stone-cold lock that he's not going anywhere. And I told people, they got to trade him. I said, he's not going anywhere if he doesn't want to go anywhere. And Minnesota doesn't want him to go anywhere. And especially last night, the way he continues to play, even without Justin Jefferson. Doing that to that defense, you don't want that guy to go anywhere. You know he still has enough miles left on his odometer before you can put that car into the junkyard. Troy Aikman called Kirk Cousins a top four quarterback. Kirk Cousins, what do you say about yourself?
3: Yeah, I've always just viewed it as being a point guard and distributing and whoever the other players are out there, I'll just be the distributor. And that's kind of the way I've always played going back to high school. So um, I've been fortunate to play with a lot of talented skilled players through my years and and uh, I'll keep doing that. But really, it's just my thought is I'm the point guard distributing to whoever it may be. And then Kevin's kind of the coach, drawing it up and And I just got to go execute it. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you how things are laid out for the Minnesota Vikings the next five weeks. Here are their next five opponents. The Green Bay Packers, who aren't playing very good right now. The Atlanta Falcons, I must say they're number one in the NFC South. The New Orleans Saints, the Denver Broncos, and the Chicago Bears, and then the Las Vegas Raiders. That's that's the next six games, mm-hmm. or hold on, am I counting right? One, two, three, four, five, six. Yep, the next six games for the mm-hmm. Minnesota Vikings.
2: Mm-hmm. The schedule is very friendly. Yes, it is. It's also the NFL. When you don't have a lot of margin for error, that's going to mean nothing. And don't think, if anybody doesn't know that, that guy, Kirk Cousins, know that, especially with all the one-score games last year that they won, but this year until last night, they had not won a lot of those one-score games. That was a hallmark of the kind of season they had winning that division but losing in the first round in the playoffs to the New York Giants. He is Harry Douglas. and Freddie Coleman. Together on Freddie and Harry, thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. So there are four NFC teams, the top four NFC teams, 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles, and Lions, that we still need answers from them. We don't have answers regarding the Kansas City Chiefs. They've answered all those questions so far. They have separated themselves more than anybody else in the NFL, especially in the AFC. But those four teams still together, Harry, together in terms of a square of hate. So I'll start the San Francisco 49ers. What answers do you need from them going forward, especially losing two in a row?
3: This is a team that has to stay healthy. We know when this team is healthy, they're one of the best, if not the best team in the National Football League. So that's a major factor for this football team. Guys are getting a little older. And I I looked at their schedule last year, right? They started three and four. And early on last year, they had lost to the Chicago Bears, the Denver Broncos, Mm. and the Atlanta Falcons. And part of that was because of this team wasn't healthy and they had – you know, key injuries in certain places. So I think when you look at San Francisco, you must, must stay healthy.
2: My answer that I'm looking at San Francisco, I'll let Kyle Shanahan, their head coach, answer for me. We
0: flat out got beat. And I think right now you got to take it like a man. And we got a game here. And, you know, I think tomorrow... Um, we wake up, it'll be five days from now. We got a team coming off a of bye week who's been waiting for this for a little bit. And we can't sit here and worry about what's happened before this. We got to make sure that we do everything from now all the way till Sunday when that game's over.
2: That's the answer I'm looking for. well 49ers team we're going to see because for the first time in a long time, they have a pressurized game going into it. They, not saying it wasn't pressure against the Dallas Cowboys. They believe they're going to beat them and they beat the fool out of them. That game wasn't close. But now you're coming up back-to-back losses where a field goal missed in one game and an interception thrown in another game keeps you from being undefeated and one of the and the only undefeated team in the National Football League. My answer that I can't wait to see is what is that team going to look like, get their confidence back after losing two in a row. Dallas Cowboys, what answers are you looking for them, Harry?
3: For me offensively Can they be consistent? And I think consistency is the theme for this offense. When I watched the game versus the Chargers, I've seen a guy in Dak Prescott that was utilized in a way that Mm -hmm. I haven't seen him in the entire year. Mm -hmm. Using his legs on that fourth and one, running the ball in the end zone. But also there are a lot of times where I thought the Los Angeles Chargers were going to sack him. He got away from pressure and scramble to the right, deliver the football down the field. Can they be consistent in doing some of those same things? I think Mike McCarthy, as a play caller, you have to incorporate Dak Prescott utilizing his legs. That's something now I think that's going to benefit you as an offense, and why not do that if it's going to make you better as a whole?
2: All you got to do is look at the film from the Los Angeles Chargers and say, yeah, that works, makes our quarterback is not in one spot. The one answer I can't wait to find out from the Dallas Cowboys, can they stop the run? They're better at it than last year, but not that much better. If you're going to be that kind of top-flight defense, you can't expect that at a certain point you're going to have to kind of leave when you can go after the quarterback. You've got to be able to not just slow down running games. You've got to stop running games. The more trouble you have doing that, the more pressure you place on your defense to get off the football field if they can't do that on third downs. And then you place even more pressure on your offense to score points when your defense cannot stop the run. Philadelphia Eagles, what answers are you looking for from them?
3: I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts, right? Can he cut down the turnovers? That's one of the things I think that has really stood out for this football team in 2023. He had, I think, a, a total of six last year. He has already surpassed that, yeah. and you still have a lot of games left in this season. So can he cut down the turnovers? And for him, being more consistent. Not that he's been bad, right. but be more consistent in what, in what we've seen last season.
2: Yeah, I want to see them get back to what made them so successful in the first place. Not the expense of Jalen Hurts, but having him as an additive to it. And that is the running game. Because we saw it early on against the Miami Dolphins, where they were gashing them and shredding them. And that Dolphins defense paid the price. That allowed more one-on-one coverage on the outside to A.J. Brown. And Devontae Smith and Dallas Gardner was a godsend at the tight end position. Not saying they can't throw throw the football, must throw the football. But the reason they got to the Super Bowl last year was their running game was an elite running attack. We have not seen that consistently this year from the Philadelphia Eagles. Last but not least, we still need answers on the Detroit Lions. What answer do you need to any question that they might have, Ari?
3: Now, this they might not face any more opponents at, outside of the Dallas Cowboys like you've seen with the Baltimore Ravens. But for them, it was a game last weekend where they thought they were the bullies and the Baltimore Ravens had to remind them, no, we're the bullies. <laughs> right. We're going to show you how it was done because we've been more consistent in doing it over the last decade. So for them, it's just, you know, Understanding that a piece of humble pie is good every now and then, right? And you have to move forward because I'm looking at their schedule and it's terrible, mm. like in their favor. Yes, they don't they don't have, in, in my opinion, top notch opponents outside of the Dallas Cowboys remaining.
2: Yeah, how will they handle prosperity? Because they had a chance to be part of the hunted for the first time, maybe ever in the National Football League. And they did not handle that well. The hunter got captured by the game known as the Baltimore Ravens that happened to the Detroit Lions. So if you're a team that believes, and Dan Campbell even said to your point that, yeah, this was good for us because maybe, just maybe, we were believing way too much that we were better than we thought. Now we can get back down to the basics. If you're the Detroit Lions, how you handle being the hunted, that schedule is definitely in your favor. Doesn't mean that teams are going to, just like in a movie, just like in a movie, Butch, step aside. No, 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 no. That's not going to be that pulp fiction for you when it comes to the Detroit Lions now that you're the hunted and not the hunter. He is Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, insurance of motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com.
1: Diving a little deeper into this week's NFL schedule. I think I need more information. This is Here's What You Missed.
2: Well, here's what you missed when it comes to the Los Angeles Chargers. Well, you didn't really miss that because I told you on Friday, they weren't beating the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's exactly what happened. But Brandon Staley may be feeling the heat as Chargers head coach. The
0: blame is mine. No one else's. So I just got to do a better job of getting us off to a good start in the game. And that's not what happened. I thought, you know, the first possession, we were able to get him stopped. Um, But then after that, we were just – we were on our heels. You know, Asante got the big pick. But then that score before the half was kind of a killer. Um, And, you know, then we settled down in the second half and played, you know, played well. But, um, you know, it was kind of our first half on defense and our first half on – our second half on offense – just uh, weren't good enough for us to win
2: they don't want to admit it they won't say it publicly but let's be honest Brandon Staley is now on the clock as coach of the Los Angeles Chargers
3: no I agree with you Freddie and Brandon Staley up here telling us everything that we know hell we knew it was your fault what the last few years <laughs> well don't, we don't need you to tell us now we we've been known this it's, it's now I'm glad you finally got up to speed with everyone else But also, Justin Herbert didn't have his best game as well. And for Brandon Staley to be a defensive guy, Mm -hmm. and for Patrick Mahomes to throw for 424 yards, for Travis Kelsey, who you know he's going to get the football to, to have 12 catches for 179 yards and a touchdown. You're right, Brandon Staley. I I do put a lot of that on you. Because why would you not double-team Travis Kelsey? Now, I understand... Him and Mahomes, they improvise a lot of things, but you gotta have a double team on Travis Kelsey, man. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, what are we doing? They're, this yeah. is a team that's in your division.
2: Especially a team that is beating up on you a lot, in a row, and yet, they allow Travis Kelsey because that was a definition of insanity. He was open the first 12 times, but number 12 were gonna get him. And he was still open for number 12, part of a 12 catch day with Travis Kelsey. People are trying to start something, even though they really shouldn't, when it comes to the New York Giants. The last couple of games, that offense has looked just a teeny-weeny better with Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback. They didn't beat Buffalo, and they barely beat the Washington Commanders. Everybody knows that Tyrod Taylor would like to remain the starter. Right, Tyrod? Would you like to
1: remain the starter next week? That's up to Coach. Obviously, if DJ's healthy, he's a captain on our team, a captain of our team, a leader on the offense, um, and I'm here to support in any way that I can.
2: I'm here to support him in any way I can, but when oh. my number is called. I'm going to be ready. Even if Daniel Jones is healthy, if you're the Giants, you can't send mixed, mixed messages. You got to put them back in there, Harry. What about you?
3: Yeah, but here's the thing. Because Daniel Jones have, has a neck injury, if he's not 100% healthy, in my opinion – then you sit them out because you don't want to play around with that. And this is a big game this week, right? Because you're going against the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. So it's that go New York, go New York, whatever New York you want it to be. Go if New you're York, a fan of the New Jets, York, fan of the New York Giants, I want to know, Dev, how you feel about this game coming up. Would you rather have Daniel Jones as a quarterback or would you rather have Tyrod Taylor? Knowing how the things have looked this season with both guys.
1: I'm with you on on the whole if he's not 100% with yeah. the neck, you can't you can't risk that. So mm-hmm. like you have to be 100% healthy, which I don't know if he will be. Um, so I mean they're they're wrong they're right now, you got to go with what works. So but if if he is 100% healthy, I th- I think you put him back in. Yep, I agree.
2: I got a question for you, Freddie, on this same subject. I just uh-huh. asked Dev. I was thinking about this. All right. In this same situation, how do you think Bill Belichick would handle it? Oh, my goodness. With this? I know Bill what Bill Belichick, Belichick would do. He he playing Tyrod. He's keeping whoever's out there that can give him the best chance to win a the game. There's no doubt about that. And yep. if, if you're not doing that, you're going to sit on the bench. I mean, he benched Drew Bledsoe. When, when Bledsoe was healthy to come back, he said, no, Tom Brady, we're going to rock with him. We're going to stay with him. And they wound up being a champion over and over and over again. The Green Bay Packers, their defense is really good. Their offense, not so much. Their young quarterback, post-Aaron Rodgers, is struggling. Matt LaFleur, uh, how do you feel about Jordan Love as a quarterback now? Our
0: confidence in him is not wavering one, one bit. So um, certainly I think as the play caller, you put a lot of onus on yourself uh, when, when things aren't going well. And we'll continue to do that, but we, we've got to find a way to generate more points because when, you, when you're generating points, um, it, it's just a, a totally different narrative.
2: They shouldn't lose confidence in Jordan Love, mainly because he just got the job. I know a lot of people want to see something special from him. You're going to have to wait on that. This is almost literally a gap year for the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love before we found exactly what kind of quarterback he's going to be. He's not going to be that superstar early. He may not be that superstar late, but it should not be a concern or a question thinking, what should we do about Jordan Love when the season is over?
3: Well, here's a common denominator for a lot of things. Jordan Love, even though he's in his third season, he's still young. But then when you're supporting cast, when it comes to skill position players, you talk about Jaden Reed, uh, Watson, Mm -hmm. Dobbs, Dontavian Wicks, all these guys, Luke Musgrave. All these right. guys are very, very young. So for me, watching that game, I watched that game twice this morning. And the attention to detail by the skill position players, the 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 alert in their minds have to be up. Uh, the antennas need to be up a lot more. Yeah. Because you you had certain situations where. It really triggered me. You had a three-man wheel on a third and six. and minor details, it would have been a completion. You had a third and fourth situation. Two receivers in the same area. So I don't know who's trying to catch the ball. Or I don't know who the, who the quarterback's throwing the football to. So I think that, along with Jordan Love not being his best, offensive line not being the greatest, right. and I, yes, I got to put some of that on Matt LaFleur as well. I think collectively, as an offense, as a unit, the Green Bay Packers are not there right now, but they're going to have to figure this out.
2: A team that continues to figure it out are the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are 4-2. They've been outgained by 660 yards. They have a point differential of minus 24. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are 4-2 and, and near the top of their division. Mike Tomlin, Steelers head coach, go.
1: Obviously, we got to clean up some things from a management of our emotions, but I would much rather say Wode and Sikkim. Uh, We got some guys that are competitors. Uh, They just got to compete in the appropriate and mature and professional way. Uh, We use it as a learning experience. It's good to learn while sitting at four and two as opposed to three and
2: three. I'm still trying to figure out how how they've been able to do this with an offense that seems like it's a relic from the 1950s and not in 2023.
3: Well, I'll tell you how T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, Micah Fitzpatrick, you have those three guys on your team, you're going to do some great things. Defensively, they have been able to keep this team afloat, In the main reason why they're 4-2. Now, this last game, great job by you know, Kenny Pickett not turning the football over, and mm-hmm. them as a whole, as an offense, not turning the football over. But I think the common denominator, I think, for them offensively, can you get the ball to George Pickens, please? Yeah, Just continue must. to get the ball to George Pickens. Yep. And don't mess it up and let that defense work his magic.
2: Yeah, TJ, Alex Highsmith, we know they're ballers, no doubt about that. But if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, when are you going to get the hand in, in, into the, the ball into the hands of your ballers to make sure your quarterback and that offense can be a lot better? Thanks for joining us. on Freddie and Harry. I'm Freddie Coleman. He's Harry Douglas. Hit on Twitter anytime you want at Coleman ESPN and at H Douglas 83 So the Denver Nuggets, how much more disrespect can a champion from the previous year take? We'll get to that as NBA opens up a night one tonight on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
1: Hot sauce, Freddy. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there.
0: splash shifted the tempo another great cocktail from the hypnotic team every season is hypnotic and tequila season hypnotic liqueur bardstown kentucky 17 percent alcohol by volume hypnotic reminds you to think wisely drink wisely
1: this is the freddie and harry podcast on espn radio it's nba opening night the
4: denver nuggets are finally nba champions
1: the Jokic and the Nuggets begin the defense of their NBA title against LeBron, AD, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Coverage begins tonight at 7 Eastern with opening tip at 7.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
2: He's Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman, together on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, and always tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Like we mentioned, the NBA's back tonight Defending champion Denver Nuggets will host LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. cars begins at 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And I'm man PJ Carlismo, ESPN NBA analyst, he will be a part of that broadcast with Mark Ketzer. Always great to get us ready for the NBA season opening night tonight. And you're going to be calling the game tonight, PJ. We mentioned between the Nuggets and the Lakers, why is it still seen that the Denver Nuggets, despite winning a championship last year, still don't, like Rodney James would say, they don't get any respect from anybody inside or outside the NBA?
4: Well, I think maybe because it took 47 years for them to win one. And it's just, I uh, <laughs> can't say they snuck up. You could tell this team was getting better and better uh, each year, and they have arguably the best player in the league, Nikola Jokic, who... Uh, people, if they didn't realize when you win the MVP twice that he's a pretty good player. Uh, I think in April, May, and June of last year, or this year, uh, he's straightened that out now. People realize just how great he is, but it's, uh, you know, we're used to for so long, talking about the Lakers, talking about Golden State, and, you know, Milwaukee with Giannis snuck in there, and I think Denver, I wouldn't say they snuck in. They kind of elbowed their way in there last year, and I don't see him going anywhere soon. Uh, their starting lineup returns intact. They've got 12 players back from last year. Clearly, they've got to address their bench. They need some young guys to step up, or they may have to make a move midseason. But this is a team that is not just good now. It's going to be around for a while, Freddie. And, Coach, what should
3: we be expecting tonight from the 2022 Western Conference rematch, finals rematch, that was, between the Nuggets and the Lakers?
4: You know, Harry, this is a hard one because it's a, a very strange circumstances. You got Michael Malone, of course, his father, the great coach, Brendan Malone, passed away last week. So Michael did not coach the first four of the five preseason games right. that the Nuggets played. On top of that, and as, as Michael pointed out, probably much more of a concern, uh, Christian Brown and Michael Porter Jr., a starter and the sixth man and key contributors last year, even during the playoffs at a very young age, have yet to play in the preseason. So those guys haven't played since uh, last year. Wow. So that's a bigger concern. Denver is nowhere near where you'd like to be coming out of the preseason and usually for the other teams in the league that are opening up uh tonight that's not the ring ceremony and drop the banner everybody knows it's the beginning of the season you expect it to be bumpy and you don't expect uh, people to be far enough along uh, the lakers are much further along they've been very much intact other than jared vanderbilt through the preseason they're playing very well their numbers are very good and they got a little something to prove. They didn't like uh, the fact that they got swept in the Western Conference Final. And, and they feel, whether rightly or wrongly, that there, there was some chirping uh, out of Denver after they won the whole thing. So they're coming in here with a little bit of a chip on their shoulders. So uh, I, I think Denver's got their work cut out for them tonight. Combination of trying to deal with all the ceremony, the family that's here, the extra tickets, getting the rings, dropping the banner. And then, oh, by the way, we got to play a game and a Laker team that's really hungry to stop. If I got it right, I, I'm probably off one. They've lost the opener f- five or six straight years, Oh boy. the Los Angeles Lakers, and everybody always loves to have them as the other team in the ring ceremony. So uh, I expect to see a hungry, aggressive laker team and i don't know what i'm going to see from denver
2: great stuff by pj carlissimo espn radio analyst he's going to be on the call tonight my carster show for the nuggets hosting the los Angeles lakers he joins freddie and harry on espn radio it's still unbelievable that lebron james is about to go into his 21st season and still playing at a high level i don't know if we can use the word expectations but what do you expect from lebron james going into his 21st year in the nba
4: Freddie, I expect him to be as good as he was last year. Like I'm laughing at. I'm looking at, you know, all the notes for the first game, and it's even worse for this one. He's the number one scorer, obviously, in the history of the NBA, and it says he needs like I forget the 1682 or something like that to get right. to 40,000. I mean, like you say, well, can he do that? And then I look at what he did last year. It's like he only played 55 games. He almost had 2,000 points. Wow. Of course he's going to get it. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, it's ridiculous. Uh, he's every category there is. He's knocking on the door. The one that struck me is really funny. He's fourth. He's tied for fourth in triple doubles with J. Kidd. He may go by J. Kidd tonight. But the guy that's lurking behind him, I think four or five, is Nikola Jokic. He got 29 triple-doubles last year in the regular season and then another 10 in the playoffs. So it's like looking at some of the stats uh, are mind-boggling. I I see no drop-off whatsoever. I watched a couple of the Laker games. LeBron, uh, is the one thing he didn't do uh, was shoot his free throws well, but he shot the three much better than he did last year. He looked great. You know, he played every other game. He played three of the six Laker preseason games. He looks exactly the same or even better uh, than he was. He was dinged up at the end last year. Uh, you know, he never says anything. I don't know whether it was a wrist, a finger, thumb, whatever it was. But he says right now he's 100%, and that is not good news for the rest of uh, the NBA. He does not look like somebody who's 38 and is going to turn 39 on December 30th.
3: Coach, how imperative was it for GM Rob Palenka to keep D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, and also Jared Vanderbilt, three guys in which
4: they traded for last year together, coming back this season? 100% imperative. That completely turned this team around. Mm-hmm. You look at what the way they started last year. They were uh, six games under before the All-Star break, and then they go, I throw in the game, because they won the last game before the All-Star break, They went 17-7 down the stretch the last 24 games. That was 71%. The only team in the league that played at 70% last year was Milwaukee. Now, again, yeah, that was only a 24-game sample, but it completely changed when they picked up Rui, when they picked up D'Angelo Russell, when they picked up Jared Vanderbilt. There's no question Rob had to not only sign them, that still only brought seven guys back from last year's roster, But they had to surround them with some other talent, and I think they've done a a good job with that. Rob Palenka did an excellent job in the offseason. We're going to see Torian Prince starting tonight because Jared Vanderbilt got hurt, uh, only played one of their six preseason games. So uh, Torian Prince was an excellent addition. But they have a couple, and they're going to need those guys. Both of these teams, if you look at them right now, you could accuse them of being really top heavy with their starting lineups mm-hmm. and a little suspect off the bench. So that's something that both of these teams are concerned with.
2: PJ Carlisle, ESPN radio, NBA analyst on Freddie and Harry and ESPN radio. Victor Wimbiyama will make his debut tomorrow with to the San Antonio Spurs. That game's at nine thirty Eastern time versus Dallas on ESPN. You know that coaching staff. You're a former assistant of San Antonio. When I say Victor Wimbiyama paired together with Greg Popovich, the Spurs head coach, the Hall of Fame head coach, What do you say, PJ?
4: Well, the the obvious, first of all, great for Pop. Uh, You know, everybody said, how does he get that? I mean, all they do (laughs) is win to begin with. He had David Robinson. He had Tim Duncan. Now he gets Wemby. Uh, Fine. People can say whatever they want. You know, I say, hey, if anybody deserves it, it's Pop. But more significant than Pop getting Victor was Victor getting Pop. That is the absolute best thing that could have happened to this young man, to be with somebody that has had great bigs before to be with somebody who can manage the expectations as he's done so well throughout his coaching career I, I think it's a it's a cliche but it's a marriage made in heaven uh, I think it's great for Wemby I think it's going to be fantastic obviously for Pop and the Spurs but Victor I'm telling you what uh, I was so tired of hearing. and it reminded me of a couple years ago when I heard so much about Luca for like two or three years mm-hmm. and then I was doing the games in China and they, they played preseason. I think Dallas played Golden State. I watched like five minutes of the first quarter, and I said, holy God, he's as good as they said he was. Wow. Same thing with Wemby. You, all you've heard for a couple of years how good this guy is. If you've watched their games in, it's in summer league, small sample, and in the preseason, he's better than advertised. That's scary. Uh, it's really going to be fun to watch this young guy develop.
3: Coach, last one we have for you. How do you like to fit a Damian Lillard in Milwaukee, and do you think they should be the favorite to come out of the East over the Boston Celtics?
4: It's it's really hard, Harry. They're they're right there. That's one and one a. Uh, I, you know, I, I I do think for uh, their defense is taking a hit. There's no question about that. Uh, Drew Holiday was so important for what they did, even as well as. Uh, Brooke Lopez plays inside and as well as, as Giannis can affect you defensively. I, I, I've got to see that. Uh, it's a great pairing. To me, if Chris Middleton is healthy, yeah, I give them uh, a little bit of an edge. But then your Boston sitting there loaded to begin with. Mm-hmm. They're in the finals two years ago. They have a, a great you know regular season last year, disappointing out to Miami. Uh, Porzingis, Brad Stevens, who I trust, goes big with Porzingis. And then at the end to pick up Drew Holiday. Both of them just loaded up. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I would hate to pick between them. If you put a, you know, when you make me pick, i give a slight, slight edge to milwaukee but that nothing's going to surprise me with those two teams
2: and by the way nba is back tonight denver defending champion denver Nuggets, holds lebron james the los Angeles lakers coach begins at 7 p.m eastern time on espn radio and the espn app and our man pj carlissimo espn radio nba ans will be on the call with Marquesa. always gracious with his time here on freddie and harry you're always a blessed friend pj thanks so much i can't wait for the basketball scene to get kicked off tonight and thanks again
4: you're the best, Freddie. Good being with you and Harry. Thank you.
2: Outstanding stuff by PJ Carlismo. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. We want to hear from you. Give us your bold NBA prediction or your hottest quote-unquote NBA take for the season. Triple Eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. There are storylines everywhere with teams, players, coaches, matchups, back and forth, petty labels, whatever you got. We want your bold NBA prediction or your hottest NBA take for the season. Harry and Freddie want to hear from you at 888-729-3776. Your calls and the Dr. Pepper call-in line coming next with the NBA Back tonight, kicking King off night one on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio.
5: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast.
1: This is the Freddy and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM channel eighty, and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It is night one of the NBA season. Double headed tonight, Denver Nuggets hosting the Los Angeles Lakers. That coverage in ESPN Radio in about ten minutes, and then after that, the Phoenix Sunday on the Golden State Warriors. But we want to hear from you at triple eight say ESPN 3776 Give Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas your bold NBA prediction or your hottest NBA take for the season at 888-729-3776. John, all right in Miami. John, what you got?
3: First of all, I want to say thank you. You know, God bless that the NBA season is back. One time for the Hoopers, ball is life. And God bless y'all, you know what I'm saying? I I, I love the show, you feel me? I've been listening every time I'm at work, this just, it helped the time go by. and y- y- Y'all be having me cracking up up here, man. We
2: appreciate but that, John. Thank you. I think Thank I'm you.
3: about to have y'all upset. I hear all this about game time, Giannis, and Jokic, and, and LeBron. But, you know, um, since Jimmy Butler got signed to the Heat, he's been going to the um, to the Eastern Conference Finals, but he's been falling short. It's all good, though. It's all good, though. But I'm going to just tell y'all that I can talk about the superstars, Cause they are the superstars that they are, but every time they fall short in the playoffs, we don't hear about them no more. <laughs> yeah. We don't hear about JB. That's all I got. To say. John, Thank John, you. really, John, really quick, really quick, really quick, John, day. John. <laughs> what part? What part of Miami are you from, John?
4: Yeah, hate it, baby. hmm Okay. Stop See,
3: my, crazy. my mom from Liberty City. Oh, what you boy. know about that she grandma? What you, what you know bees? about joking? What, what you know the about joking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mama from Liberty City, John. <laughs> yeah, Liberty City well, man. Man, listen, I don't know exactly where I know she from Liberty City. <laughs> <laughs> Liberty City is
2: Liberty City. i say less, man.
3: Yeah, I I didn't grow up down there. I grew up in Georgia.
2: Yes, you did. That's right. Wow. But
3: but John, to John's point, um... The Miami Heat man, I mm. I I'm I'm trying I'm interested about this point guard position, right? Yeah, Kyle exactly. Lowry's moving back in that in that starting lineup. So how is he's gonna how is he gonna fare up? There's a reason why Gabe Vincent became the starter mm-hmm. at some point last year and it really took the Miami Heat, I thought, to another dimension because he's a guy that can play in the half court, right. could knock down the three ball, and he really was missing that game versus the Boston Celtics when they mm-hmm. played up at Boston when he was hurt that game mm-hmm. and it really showed what he meant. But John, I'm gonna be down in Miami this weekend mm. too, man, because I'm now. Calling the Patriots in the Miami Dolphins game with Steve Levy. I'm going to be down there in my leopard oh, speedos no. on the beach, baby. Oh, I'm down there, John, juking in my leopard. Uh, juking in my leopard. Pause,
2: pause, pause, <laughs> please. We did not need anybody to have that kind of visual. What you just said, Derek in Oklahoma, what is your bold NBA prediction on how to stake as the season starts tonight? Hey guys, uh, thanks for taking my call. You guys are my two favorite people, man. Freddie and Harry, man—that's that's a winning combination. Appreciate But that. I wanna, Dang. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna talk about the Houston Rockets. Um, I think they're a sneaky good team. Mm-hmm. I think Fred Van Fleet was like he's gonna bring professionalism to that team. Uh, Dylan Brooks is gonna bring toughness. Jalen Green is a is an absolute stud. But my bold prediction is Jabari Smith Jr. The, okay. Jabari Smith Jr. He has the making. I mean uh, uh yeah yeah Jabari Smith Jr. He has the
4: makings of being a 2010 and 5 guy the likes of KG and I'm telling you Houston is going to sneak up on some people this year.
2: Yeah and in the Western Conference because they'll have to sneak up on people the Western Conference is that loaded but I like the comparison because Jabari Smith is built a lot like Kevin Durant 6'11 very lean Really inefficient score, and I think the further and further last season got along, getting used to the NBA game and the NBA physicality, he was able not to take a step back, but he's able to take a step forward at times. And I think that's only going to serve them well being a potential go-to guy. When you put him with Fred Van Vliet and getting Dylan Brooks, both those guys coming over to that team in the offseason.
3: And I will say this, Freddie. I thought one of the best things for Jabari Smith Jr. was Ime Adoka saying, hey, I need you to play in Summer League. Absolutely. Not to discredit anything he had done previously, but, and not saying that his confidence was lost, but to, you know, Take his confidence to another level. And I thought he had a phenomenal summer league outing this, this year. So Jabari Smith, Jr., man, is a guy that I'm really looking forward to watching playing this year. And I think he's going to surprise a lot of people in the NBA.
2: Been in Arizona, what is your NBA prediction? How does NBA take for the season with the season opening up tonight?
1: Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. So my bold prediction for the NBA Eastern Conference is my Cleveland Cavaliers will
3: finish Third, I understand that Boston and Milwaukee are probably the creme de
1: la creme of the Eastern Conference. They have the experience and they have the depth, but I think, I feel, I believe, I have to believe, (laughs) uh, that a year of seasoning and playoff experience is going to do the Cavaliers much better this year, and they will go go in with a strong march and into April.
2: I don't hate that because I like their acquisition of Max Struis in the offseason to spread the floor to go. Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are going to be defenders at the rim. But keep an eye on George Niang. I thought that was a sneaky pickup. Yep. Getting a guy that can be a Swiss Army knife. Philadelphia doesn't have him anymore. He can play three different positions. He can shoot the basketball. He's a terrific defender. He can play a little point forward. I don't exactly hate that as Cleveland potentially being a number three behind the top two in the Eastern Conference when it comes to Milwaukee and Boston.
3: I think health number one is going to be key for them. Also, they're two big men. Evan Moby and Jared Allen, they took a step back last season. I want to see those guys take a step forward in 2023. Yeah,
2: I thought the Knicks were tougher than them, and they took a step back. And at times, they took a couple of steps back in that series you have to hope you're a Cleveland Cavaliers fan that's going to benefit your team and not be a detriment after having that happen to them in the first round of playoffs in with the New York Knicks so how nervous is that building going to be in Philadelphia with a 3-3 series involving their Phillies and the Diamondbacks that's next on Freddie and Harry
1: thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio